Welcome to Young Adults. My name is Carissa. If we haven't got the chance to meet yet, I just want to say welcome because here at Young Adults, we are a community of young adults, college students, young professionals who really believe that God has designed our life for purpose and meaning. In fact, John 10.10 describes the life that God has designed for you. It goes like this. It says, I, Jesus, have come that you may have life and life to the full. It's so true because John 3.16 actually reiterates it where it says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that you may have, there it is again, life. So you may have life. You see, God has designed us to have a full and abundant overflowing life. Jesus came to bring us this kind of life. But it begs the question, if Jesus came to bring us life, why does it feel like there's so much death? Why does it feel like there's so much darkness in our world? I don't know if you watch the news or or read the headlines, and I don't really like to, but you can't ignore the fact that there's so much bad going on in our world today. Just a couple of headlines that I've read. Global pandemic, back on the rise. Racial tensions, mass shootings, mental health crisis, suicide rates spiking. You see, Jesus, he came to bring life, but why is there so much death? You see, the beginning of that scripture, John 10, 10, it, it actually starts like this. It's, it starts, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy But I, Jesus speaking, have come to bring you life and life to the full. You see, friends, we have a very real Jesus, a very real Jesus who has come to bring you a full and abundant John 10, 10 life. But we also have a very real enemy. He's he's real and he will do everything in his power to to push you back, to hold you back from walking in the full and abundant God-purposed life for you. And And he has some tactics to do that. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I don't know if you're into sports. I'm not really a sports girl. I don't have sports center or whatever it's called, but but I do know this that in sports, the the teams have strategies to to beat their opponent. They have tactics and plans and strategies to win the game. And and, and their one of their strategies is to learn the opposing team strategy. And and when they can learn and know the strategies of the opposing team, they could beat them. When they can learn the tactics of the opposing team, they can push back their enemy. And the same is true for you and for me. We have an opposing team. We have an enemy who has tactics that we can learn to push him back, to defeat the enemy that is waging war over our life, trying to hold us back from living this full, abundant life that God has for us. But can I tell you, the enemy doesn't have new tactics. 
He doesn't. Scripture lays it out clear that in all of history, his tactics have been the same. And if we can study them and if we can learn them, we can actually push back the enemy so we can walk in this full, abundant God purpose life that he has for us. So what are the tactics? How can we learn them? I believe if every single one of us can learn these three tactics, we can push back the enemy and walk out this full John 10, 10 life that God has for us. Tactic number one, you ready for it? Write this down. The enemy wants to steal your joy. The enemy wants to steal your joy. Let's be honest. I don't, I don't know about you, but I've been a little salty lately. Do people still say that? Salty? I, I, I don't know about you, but my life has been a little crazy lately. And I've been filled with frustration and, and anger and anxiety and stress. Anyone else? Like throw in the chat. Let's be honest with each other here. Like we could get real. And, and I would say my life has been a little bit joyless. It's, it's been lacking joy, but joy, it's actually mentioned 240 times, over 240 times in scripture. Why? Because I feel, I know that joy is a crucial component to walking out the full and abundant life that God has for you, to living out this John 10, 10 life, joy, it's a crucial part of it. But the enemy wants nothing more than to steal your joy. The enemy wants nothing more than to ruin the joy in your life. You see, joy, it's, it's not the absence of, of badness or sadness in your life. It's not the absence of, of hard things. Joy is just choosing to praise God for his goodness. Joy is choosing to praise God in every situation. It's a spirit. It's an attitude knowing that, that God is good all the time, even when, even when things aren't. And I don't know about you, but I need some more of that. I need that kind of attitude because I've found that the enemy has been trying to steal my joy. And, and when the enemy steals our joy, it, it actually makes us weak. It, it, it makes us weak. See, we live in a generation where there's this silent pandemic, the silent pandemic of anxiety, worry, and fear. And, and we have a generation of young adults walking around feeling weak. And I believe it's because we're lacking joy. Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And if you're walking around feeling weak, can I tell you the joy of the Lord is your strength. So how does the enemy steal joy in your life? For me, it's I wake up in the morning and I pull out my phone, y'all do it too. And I just start scrolling and I just start comparing over and over again. Why don't I, why don't I have that? Why don't I look like her? Why don't I get that? Why do they get that? And, and I, you know this, the comparison trap. Comparison will kill your joy. The enemy will use comparison to steal the joy out of your life. What is it for you? Is it a spirit of worry and anxiety that's stealing the joy in your life? 
Is it a spirit of criticism and complaining that's stealing the joy in your life? You see, the enemy will find creative ways to to steal your joy, but his tactics are not creative. He comes to steal. He has come to steal your joy and we ought to hold tight to what is ours. Joy is yours and it's a crucial part of walking in this full, abundant John 10, 10 life that he has for you. And if we, if we can know this tactic, if we can know that the enemy's after your joy, we can push back his work so we can walk in the fullness of what God has for us. Tactic number two, you ready? Throw this in the chat. The enemy, he wants to kill your hope. The enemy wants to kill your hope. I don't know if you've ever asked like a a child, like a young kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to do? I love their answers. It's always something outlandish, like crazy. Like, I want to be an astronaut or I want to be a a doctor. I want to be a a veterinarian or a movie star. Like, I know y'all did this when you were a kid. What did you want to be? Throw it in the chat. I want to know what you wanted to be when you were a kid. But I ask college students nowadays, I'm like, Hey, what are you going to do after college? I know that's like the worst question to ask a college student. Like, what do you want to do after college? They're like, come on, don't ask me that. But, but we ask college students, what do you want to do after college? What job do you want? And the answers aren't as dreamy anymore. <laughs> They're not as outlandish anymore. Usually it's like, I'm just hoping I get a job, you know? Or like, maybe I'll work at McDonald's. I don't know, praying, praying it works out, right? What's the difference? What happened? What happened to the the dreams and the hopes of these young kids saying, I want to be an astronaut and to like, just hope I get a job. What's What's the difference? It's hope. The difference is hope. You see, hope is the expectation to believe that God will do what he promised. Hope is the strength we have because of his faithfulness over and over again in our life. And hope, it is crucial to walking in the full, abundant John 10, 10 life that God has for you. But the enemy's coming after your hope. The enemy, he wants to steal your joy and he wants to kill your hope. How has this played out in your life? For me, me and my husband, Cole, we've been praying for for something very specific for the last three years. Three years, we have been praying the same prayer. And I gotta be honest, we haven't seen like much hope We've had little glimmers of hope here and there, but they always turn out to not work out. Three years of an unanswered prayer. There's some days where I feel faith-filled and and hopeful, and then there's other days where the enemy wants to kill my hope. There are other days where I just don't pray because the enemy is killing my hope to believe that God is going to do it, that God will come through. I don't know if if there's something in your life that the enemy is trying to kill your hope. Maybe there's a a word that God has given you and and you had hope to believe it early on, but now you're just like, I I just don't know if it's gonna happen. I don't know if God's gonna come through for me. I don't know if I have hope to believe that God will show up like he said he will. I don't know what it is for you, but I do know that the enemy's tactic is to kill your hope 
hope. And, and I believe in this generation, the young adult generation of today, his number one way that he does this is by making you think that God's late. Making you think that God's just not on time. Why? Because we don't like to wait. We want everything in an instant. We want everything at our fingertips right away, quick, right in the moment. But at its very essence, hope is waiting. Hope really is waiting. Romans 8.24 shares, For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But, for what, but if we hope for what we do not yet have, listen to this, we wait for it patiently. We wait for it patiently. See, hope, it requires patience. That does not sound cute, okay? But hope requires patience. I want you to write this down. It's so important. You see, if, if the thing you're hoping for hasn't happened yet, it doesn't mean it never will. If, if you haven't seen the thing that you're hoping so bad for, if you're still waiting for God to show up, for God to answer that prayer, we've got to have hope to believe that he will. We can't let the enemy steal our hope. We have to trust in the faithfulness of our God and not be tricked by the tactic of the enemy to steal and kill our hope. We've got to have hope. Because when we do, it helps us to walk in the full, abundant life that God has for us. When we understand that the enemy is after our hope, we can push back the, the work of the enemy in our life so we can walk freely into all that he has for us. Okay, tactic number three, still with me. Throw in the chat, tactic number three, the enemy wants to destroy your identity. He does. He wants to destroy your identity. You see, from the beginning of time, God created man. He created humans, you and me, and he created us in his image, his perfect image. And I love how Ephesians 2.10 puts it. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ so we can do the good things he has planned for us a long time ago. See, I love this verse because it's a beautiful picture of just the summary of your identity, of who you really are. You are his masterpiece. You are perfect. You are God's best design. There is nothing else in the world that's better looking than you. How do you feel about that? You are God's masterpiece made new. You're not your past. You are made new in Christ, which means when God looks at you, He sees Jesus, His perfect Son who is sinless and amazing. He sees you in Christ for a purpose, on purpose. It says, says that He has good things planned for you a long time ago. It means He thought about your life before you were even born. He knew that you had, had a great purpose. He knew that there were gonna be things that only you could do. There's meaning for your life. There's purpose for your life. This is who you are. This is your identity. 
and to live this full and abundant, purpose-filled life that God has for you, we have got to not just know, but believe our identity. We've got to know and believe our identity, but the truth is, the third tactic of the enemy is that he wants to destroy your identity. He wants to make you believe something that you are not. I believe if, if the enemy rewrote the scripture, if he rewrote Ephesians 2.10, it would probably sound something like this. You are messed up. Old news with no purpose or meaning in your life, created by a God who doesn't care about you a long time ago. I believe that would be the enemy's version of Ephesians 2.10. But that is not who you are. That is not your identity, but that is what the enemy wants to make you believe. He wants to destroy your identity, but the truth is he can't, he can't touch it. The enemy or you <laughs> can't destroy who you really are because a long time ago, God had planned your life with purpose and meaning. You're his masterpiece created new. You're not, you're not the mistakes of your past. You have a hope and a future, but we've got to believe it. We can't let the tactic of the enemy to destroy your identity ruin who you are called to be. And I believe if, if we can know and if we can really understand the tactics of the enemy, if we can understand that the, the enemy, he wants to kill your joy, he wants to steal your joy. He wants to kill your hope and he wants to destroy your identity. We could push him back. We could stop his tricks in our life so that we can truly walk in the full, abundant, overflowing John 10, 10 life that Jesus came to bring us. I love the scripture in Romans 8, 28. It says, God works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And I know you probably know that scripture, but do you know that this is like the greatest God flex of all time? Like this is the truth that no matter what the enemy throws your way, it says all things God can work out for your good. In all things, the things that the enemy tries to trick and kill and steal and destroy, God can work it out for your good. He has power over the enemy. And, and, his, and, and the enemy's tactics, they're, they're, they're not new. And I just want you to know that when you can truly believe and understand the, the strategies of the enemy, we can walk in the full abundant life that God has for us. And I don't know where you're at tonight. I don't know what, what you're walking through, but maybe you're like, I want this full life. I want this overflowing, abundant life that Jesus came to bring. But, but the first step in having that is, is just having a relationship with Jesus. See, John 3, 16, I referenced earlier, is, is that God, He so loved the world. He so loved you and me that He, he sent His Son, Jesus, on the cross to die for our sins. Three days later, he, he rose again and created a way for us to live out this full abundant life in relationship with Him. And, and if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you can have that. 
You can have a relationship with Jesus and have this full life that He's designed for you. And I wanna invite you to, to ask God into your life today. I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me right where you're at. Close your eyes and just say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I want this full life that you came to bring. I wanna walk with you. I wanna be in relationship with you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.